What's up, Military Millionaires? I'm your host, David Bray. Alex is uh, in Belize today, and I've got Tyler Austin, the founder of REI SIFT and also a uh, veteran himself on today. And I love REI SIFT, so we're going to dig into what that is and why you need to pay attention for how to save money with marketing and and really just be a more efficient uh, real estate investor throughout this show. But, uh, man, I don't... I should have had a much better introduction other than service member and creator of this badass platform that I've been recommending to everybody because it saves me a ton of money. Uh, I think that honestly is probably the best thing I could introduce you as because, uh, man, you I love everything REI SIFT. And it, I think it's like, the when I think of it, I think of how much money people that I know investing and in trying to buy off market deals are literally just burning, right? Like they're just like creating like this pile of cash in their backyard. They just light it on fire and they're like, I'm marketing, I'm spending money, it's gonna work. And uh, and people who do this on a much larger scale than me. And then uh, Ryan introduced me to REI SIFT and I was like, wow, this is this is amazing. Like I don't send a list now without stacking everything and compiling and comparing and uh, it saves me a fortune. And makes me more effective. So I love it. Um, but before we get into that, why don't you give a little bit of your backstory? Uh, you know, who is Tyler and where does he where does he come from and what does he do? <laughs> Welcome to the Military Millionaire Podcast, where we teach service members, veterans, and their families how to build wealth through personal finance, entrepreneurship, and real estate investing. I'm your host, David Perret, and together with my co-host, Alex Felice, we're here to be your no BS guides along the most important mission you'll ever embark on your finances. Vehicle one, you're clear to depart friendly lines. Roger, Vic one, Oscar Mike. Hey guys, if you're looking to take your investing, business, life, or just yourself to the next level, then I have something for you. The War Room Real Estate Military Mastermind Group is a mastermind group that meets weekly in small groups of five to six people to help you hold yourself accountable and really experience that growth. But we also have a monthly guest speaker that we bring in, and we've had guest speakers that talk about mindfulness, taxes, we're bringing in somebody to talk about marketing. We bring in very specific topics that will adhere to very broad, any any kind of real estate investing or investing or entrepreneurship that you want to do, and we'll really help you out. We let you ask these speakers questions and get very personal with them, and then back to the small groups, weekly accountability for what you're trying to achieve, and just being surrounded by like-minded people. And they say your network is your net worth. I know that's an overused phrase, but I recommend that you check it out. So just shoot an email to wrmastermind at gmail.com. Once again, that's wrmastermind at gmail.com, and we'll send you some more information. Yeah, for sure. So uh, my name is Tyler Austin. I'm here in the northwest Florida area, Fort Walton Beach, uh, to be specific, is where our headquarters is. Um, I do deals on the real estate side from Pensacola down to Panama City. I have a couple flips over around Gainesville, uh, Tampa area. Um, I just closed on a 60-some unit RV park today. Um, you know, so, we're, so we're doing deals um, on the real estate side. Um, a, lot, a lot of that stuff I don't talk about too much anymore just because mainly REI SIF is my thing. But I got started um, in 2000. 17 trying to do real estate but going back even further um you know i joined the military when i was you know signed the dotted line i guess when i was 17 or actually i want to say it was like right before i turned 17 i was actually 16 um i signed into the delayed entry program if i'm not mistaken and then i had to wait a whole year um before i left i i, I left it like uh 
uh, two months before I turned 18. So I remember in basic training, I turned 18. I'll never forget it. Um, my mom sent a, a, a postcard in basic and, you know, you're not supposed to, you don't really open letters. You have your mail time or whatever in basic and um, the um, TI or MTI, whatever, you know, felt my package and she felt there was something in there. I had a female M MTI um, and uh, she's like, there's something in here, open it in front of everybody. And I open it up and it's like this gag, like, you know, audio, um, like card. And that was like the most embarrassing thing ever. Um, so, uh, I always kind of tease my mom on that every now and again, uh, when we get together. But, um, anyway, um, that's when I had enlisted, I was an ammo troop, um, for the air force. I said that for, I think my first four and a half years or so. Then I cross trained in the SEER, um, for the air force. Uh, and then, uh, Went through that for a little bit and a fracture in my back uh, and getting outplaced and then um, switched over to cyber warfare. So I did cyber warfare for a little while um, as in the airports and then switched out uh, to the civilian sector in 2015. Uh, ended up working for the government, doing some more cybery type fun stuff. Um, and about two years after that, uh, I'm only making 27000 a year uh, as a I think I was like, I started as a GS3 and two years later, I ended up being a GS12, but still I was only making after that, that point, maybe uh, 80,000 a year as a, as a GS12. So I realized that it was really, really difficult to build wealth, um, you know, in the way that I wanted to do it while I was in. So I started looking into real estate um, there not long after. Um, I think I ended up quitting after I was GS12 for like two weeks or something like that. I ended up quitting because at the time my real estate company um, ended up making, um, I think it was doing right around 85 or 90,000 a month for three months straight. And I said, once I made more than my salary for three months straight in my real estate company, I'll, I'll, I'll dip. And it just ended up happening. And I was like, cool. Well, that sucked timing for my, my, my job. It sucked timing wise, but for me, it was, it was absolutely perfect. So, um, that's a fast forward. Um, I have a three month old son. I got a six year old daughter. Um, and, uh, and, and that's, that's me in a nutshell. Um, so, uh, outside of that, you know, REI SIF was founded in 20, uh, 2019. Um, and, uh, you know, since then I've been bouncing the real estate company, um, doing flips and, and investing deals and there, you know, REI SIF since then. Um, I don't know. I don't know what else is about me. That's interesting, but that's, that's the core of it. I mean, I think it's interesting that you were up to 85, 90,000 a month in real estate within like two years of starting. That's yeah. Yeah. So that was, I left in um, late 2017, early 2018 um, is when I first started trying to like wholesale. I sent my first direct mail campaign, I believe May of 2018. Um, and then I got a bunch of return mail. I spent 10 grand. I actually spent it. Don't, don't tell uh, the, the, the government this, but I spent it on my GTC card. Uh, don't not, do not do that. That is not legit. <laughs> um, uh, it's not something you want to do. Um, uh, and I didn't get a deal. Um, so, um, so then, uh, until like maybe four months later from that direct mail, but I took the quarter after that three months or so after I, um, you know, didn't get a deal. And I, I kind of really looked into the data and figured out what was going on. Um, so from that period of time onward, you know, it was kind of dry, um, just learning and implementing. I was 50% travel job, um, you know, for the government at times. So uh, we all know how, you know, that works, especially depending on your job, not having your cell phone, being in skiffs and all that other kind of stuff. It's hard to build a business while, you know, that kind of stuff's going on. So I hired a VA, hired acquisitions person at 20% commission. 
I built like a Google wiki page with everything that I knew. Um, and I kind of just set them at it. Right. And I had this process that I wanted to follow, which we can talk about, but, um, yeah, then that first quarter we did 250 grand and I was like, okay, um, this, this engine works, right. The system works. And it was only against like 1200 prospects that we were marketing to. Um, and it was, I think total of 16 deals or something like that in that quarter from it. Um, and so, you know, it was good. And it combined, I think it was like eight or nine wholesales, a couple wholesales and a flip or something like that is the breakdown. So it was a little mixture of everything. So I didn't just like focus on just like one time. Oh, and a rental. I picked up a rental at that time period. Um, so it was like, I didn't like really have like an idea. Like I'm going to get into this and just be a wholesaler. It's like, I'm just going to make money from, from real estate was my, my, my premise. But, um, yeah, that's kind of like that initial timeline of me getting started in the real estate thing. And then REI SIF started like three months later. Dude, that's crazy because I mean, my, my start is totally different. Like I bought a duplex and house act and then it was like two years before I bought my next like real rental deal. Like, and so like, I'm a huge buy and hold, like love the rental side. And it sounds like if you're buying RV parks, you, you enjoy that side as well. But a lot of people start off wholesaling to build the capital and then get into renting. Uh, I was like, I'm just going to rental and house hack and then rental. And then, but it's like a, that's like a super slow ramp up. And it wasn't this year I've bought, well, we just bought another one. I don't know. I don't know. Over 80 doors. Um, and it's because I started like finding out how to do direct to seller and finding out how to go off market, finding out how to wholesale and wholesale to build that capital to keep, you know, all of those things. And in that midst of all of that, I obviously found REI SIFT and I'm, nowhere near on the level of of data nerd or marketing nerd as you or Ryan but I enjoy that kind of side of like numbers and data and tweaking things and the moment I saw like wow I can take you know 96,000 records and sort it down to like here's 1200 people that I absolutely need to talk to like those are the 1200 if I can get a hold of those 1200 the whole year will be good um and it's been crazy like some of the responses from that uh, so if you could, could you elaborate just a little bit on kind of like what REI SIFT is and what it does? And then we can kind of dig through, I guess, some scenarios for how it would help uh, like a newer yeah. or younger investor. Yeah. So I think it would help to understand like why it was created in general um, to understand more about what it is. Um, it seems like that typically makes people understand better. Um, so I was buying like I went out and I like initially focused and got a bunch of lists, like every list I could think of, you know, and I got really kind of stuck in that right? Trying to find every list um, really early on instead of just marketing. Um, so I ended up deciding like, hey, I'm, I'm just going to take like high equity solely because I know if they at least have equity, then I can flip it. Um, so I focused on high equity. And then I was like, well, uh, I also need there to be something like some sort of problem that I know they can't fix and the government will fix it for them. So that's where I got tax delinquencies at that point. Um, and, you know, I just used Google Sheet and I had overlaid them. And I had said, okay, well, I know that I want to hit all of these people, but I know that there's a certain amount of those people that I really want to focus on initially, like all of my energy and then work my way out. So the most money and the most energy on the most valuable prospects, and then working outward to, you know, the lesser energy type marketing strategies to the, um, you know, people who seem less motivated from a visual perspective on the data as, you know, aspect. So um, I had created some scripts um, and and kind of overlaid that data, those, you know, those prospects. And initially I had about, I think it was like 5,000 high equity. Um, and then I forget how many came from the county on tax delinquency and it ended up being about 1,200, you know, that were on both those lists. And I was like, okay, I got 1,200 here and I got like 3,000 over here. 
Um, I had a VA cold call on the 3000. And then I had my acquisitions person focusing on the 1200. So she would call every single phone number um, after we skipped trades at time. We're just doing it through Excel, um, which is a pain in the butt. REIs have just solved that. Um, and, um, and she would be leaving manual voicemails, like custom voicemails for each one with their name and everything else, really high value, you know, against those. Um, and then we came to find out that data doesn't come perfect, right? When we buy the high equity data, we thought like, well, we bought it from ListSource. So, you know, it must be like a hundred percent. It must have the zip codes. It must have first name and last name, you know, and, and that's not true. So when it came to my direct mail, that was my problem with that is that, um, a lot of that direct mail got returned. I spent all that money and then a ton of it got returned mail because of the fact that, you know, I was mailing to a trust or an LLC. I was mailing to somebody that had the first initial and last name. I was missing a zip code. Uh, it just wasn't clean. Um, so I had decided, okay, well, let me let me start building to where I can automate this process where every time we buy data, we upload it in the REI SIFT. At the time, it wasn't called REI SIFT, but we upload it into REI SIFT. Um, and it automatically breaks out that list source data that I had or my prop stream data or whatever to clean data, incomplete data. And I could filter by the trust in the company so that I can find, for example, companies that have multiple properties and multiple of them are tax delinquent. And maybe that company is not a very successful company so that we can buy it and take it over. So some of those deals I did in that first quarter were actually properties that um, one person owned four. Right. So instead of having to find one individual or four individuals sell me four different properties, I just needed one. And each property had its own, you know, 10 or $15,000 wholesale fee. Um, so it's kind of like hacking the system there when you think about it from the data perspective, um, when there's portfolios that need to be sold. So what REI SIF ended up evolving into is this tool where you can get your data and you can turn more prospects into leads by properly sorting through that data in creating a system in your company to say, okay, here's the top 1% of people that I want to reach right now. Let me go ahead and call through those. Let me take the other segment of individuals and let me do that in a bulk dialing fashion. But as I'm bulk marketing or sending bulk direct mail, I'm still updating the whole data set real time so that when I go to send another marketing campaign, I'm not wasting money remarking to bad phone numbers, dead phone numbers, wrong individuals, um, so that every single marketing campaign becomes more efficient over time. Um, so that I can intake, you know, these niche lists and market to them weekly and make sure that I'm hitting all the people and being the first person they hear from. And then once that converts from, you know, a prospect to a lead, then we continue on from lead uh, to revenue in my company through like task management, all the things that we built out recently. So. Um, it's been a fantastic tool for me and my business. And now we have thousands of users who, you know, continue to use it, uh, which is insane because like I funded REI with 30 grand at the end of that, that 250,000 that I earned. Um, I spent a huge sum of it because I, I made that in Q4 of, of that, that year. So I was like, well, I got all this money now. I don't want to pay taxes on all this. I don't know what to do with it. So I went and bought a bunch of camera equipment. I rebuilt a new PC. I mean, I nerded out. Right. I did the worst thing that uh, I believe in doing right now. I just bought a bunch of shit. And so um, so I was left with 30 grand, but I was 60 grand in debt. Um, so I made a decision at the time. I was like, OK, well, I know how to close deals, um, but I went to a mastermind and people said this thing I got going on is kind of a cool idea. So I have to, a decision. I can either pay debt down or I can fund 30 grand into another bank account and I could put a risk towards building REI SIF. Um, and it's the most profitable decision I've ever made in my life, hands down. But C-130 flying over me right now, if you guys can hear that. 
<laughs> but yeah, man, that's crazy. And I mean, the feature, like for me, it was just huge to be able to say, you know, Hey, I got this letter in the mail because I sent it to somebody and it came back and said, Hey, they don't live here anymore. And for a while I would like upload this to prop stream. And then I would have to, every time I pulled a list, I would have to manually go into prop stream, scroll all the way to the right and click on whatever was in my return to sender list and then go delete it from every other list manually so that I wouldn't like accidentally mail it again. And every time I pulled a new list, I'd have to go back through every single one and make sure there were no duplicates. And it was a pain. And so I didn't do it. And so I spent money sending postcards to people that I'd already sent postcards to and came back, returned to sender or not interested or whatever. And now it's like, I just, every time I get that stack of letters, put them on my assistant's desk. She uploads them all in a prop stream. I export it into REI SIFT and I'm like, tag, problem solved. Now I will never again mail those. And I mean, that alone saves me, you know, 10, 15, 20, $30, $100. I think the last one was like 170 mailers that I didn't send that I would have. Um, Yeah. You know, if I mean, it's incredible. Yeah, it adds up a ton. And and if you put a sequence and a process around that, especially let's just say like deceased um, tax delinquent properties, right? Those types of properties, there's only one or two things that's going to happen. Either someone's going to, you know, get it through probate, um, which happens, but more than often what happens is it sits for years and, you know, enough time for it ends up going to tax auction. Like that's more common. Um, especially in Florida when there's a ton of, you know, elderly that don't have family no more. Right. Um, so like the one thing in business, there's two most important things in business, data and people. And, um, the one thing that isn't a KPI, anybody can ever put a number for until after the fact hindsight's 2020 is opportunity costs, right? Opportunity costs is something that, um, we take uh, for granted until, you know, until it's like, oh, it's, it's kind of like the people that say like, oh, well, I thought of Apple. I just never did. And I just never created the phone. Right. Like, OK, well, that's your problem. Like, like you like people know that they spend money every single month on marketing and they might generate one, two, three, four, five, say even 100 leads a month. Right. So they spend a lot of money on a CRM and all these functionalities for the leads but they're spending thousands of dollars to generate them and they spend no energy focusing on refining the front side of that process. And that's a huge problem because that's truly where the money's made. Knowing how to generate the lead in the most efficient way is what makes you last for 30 years. Knowing how to turn a lead into money, uh, you know, that's, that's easy. You know, like if, if we could all just have, you know, a lead, you know, sentence in front of us, we can have the conversation um, it's the little things that add up like cold calling correct numbers or wrong numbers or dead numbers and not tracking that against your master, you know, database. You know, we have, we've had clients that calling 200,000, 300,000 phone numbers, uh, through cold calling. And then the next month they SMS the same exact list with the same exact phone numbers that have typically, so everyone knows it's about 70 to 90%, depending on where you skip trace your data from of the data you get back from skip tracing is dead numbers or wrong numbers. Only typically one to two of them are correct if you ever get a hold of them. So if you're doing like marketing where you're saying, okay, I'm going to cold call of them and then I'm going to, you know, uh, you know, uh, SMS them and you don't track that you're literally spending 70 to 90% more on your marketing because you're rehitting those things that you already knew through your previous conversation was wrong. And that's just, that's ludicrous. It doesn't make any sense. And, but nobody ever focused on it because there was never a system really to truly do that efficiently until we built it. And now that we have, you have companies that, you know, are making a few million a year that were spending, 
let's say $50,000 a month. And just by implementing REISIF, it went down 10,000 a month, but the revenue doesn't change. So not only do they make, in fact, they make more money. So now they're making more money and they retain 120,000 a year in net profits, right? Which is where, where the difference between someone who's wanting to build a, like a side hustle and, and be a true entrepreneur is really the, you know, is, is the, it, it's, it's, it's amazing, you know, um, what's been possible. The hard part, obviously, that we have is is um, is having the ability for people to understand beyond oh, it's list stacking, right? Because because it's so much more than that. For example, if someone calls me right now on my phone, right, and from direct mail, for example, let's just say they call from direct mail, and I already have that phone number inside of REISIF, and they call air call from my phone, it's going to pop up, and if that phone number is in the account, it's going to show me what properties they own. So compared to maybe you who don't have AirCall, it's not integrated with REI SIF and you're not sending direct mail and putting the tracking number in there. Um, like I'll pick up saying, hey, John, what's going on, man? You'll pick up and you'll be like, I'm sorry, who was this? <laughs> right. That in itself is a huge difference in marketing. When my carrot leads come in from my online marketing, I just had one today. It's a deal we're locking up in Wesley Chapel. Um, it came in to uh, through my carrot website. Um, through retargeting ads from direct mail. So they went from our direct mail piece to our website, um, didn't fill it out. Then it got retargeted on Facebook. They converted through the retargeting campaign, ended up coming into REISIF from our carrot website. But because it was already on a tax delinquent list, right, inside of ours, so I already had the profile, I already had the mailing address, I already had all the information, I had all the tags of how I historically have already marketed to them. And then boom, it now it's stacked with my carrot list all the carrot details from the step two ad is in there. And so now I can start building an idea of what works in my marketing, right? What, what is the pipeline that truly works? Um, because, um, you know, we had already tried to cold call them and they didn't answer the phone, right? So, but then they converted through our retargeting ads and I can see that historically on my activity log that, okay, I sent direct mail here. I sent to cold dial, you know, cold calling here. Oh, it came in through our carrot website here. So I can start seeing that pattern of what, what what's effective um, in my specific market because everybody's different, right? Everyone has their own thing. You mean the same exact market and you could just do something better differently than someone else in your market. But the one thing is, is true between your company and their company is the person who tracks it and understands it the best is the one who will be there the longest. Um, you might start off with cold calling and they might start off with SMS and then you might cold call and then they might, you know, SMS um, or whatever the scenario is. But in the end, um, you know, you're both spending money and the more that we can focus on how to do that more efficiently, the better. Yeah. I and I don't know if it was Seth Godin, but there's a marketer who once said like the guy who wins on Google is the guy who can afford to pay the most per lead, right? Because you're going to be able to out, outbid everyone else. Um, <clears throat> but I think the piece that gets mis- gets gets lost in that is like, in order to do that, the rest of your systems have to be like extremely efficient and you can't afford to pay the most per lead if you're not like super efficient in the rest of your business. Well, this is kind of the same mentality is obviously you're not trying to pay the most per lead, but it's like trying to streamline your processes so much that you can hit somebody with a letter, a call, a text, another letter, you know, whatever for the same amount of effort or dollar cost per lead as what I'm doing to hit one person, right? If I'm sending 10,000 mailers and getting 60 phone calls and you're sending a thousand letters and a thousand calls and a thousand texts and getting the same 60 leads, like your cost per lead is going to be way lower than mine. So you can actually, I mean, it's yeah, the cost of. You can have a much smaller team, right? Like your team can be efficient, really efficient because they have objectives, they know what to do. And then uh, being able to reverse engineer, like um, I had a lead 
uh, 106 Star Drive um, is the address. Um, just so people know I'm not bullshitting. I'm surprised uh, you remember that. Yeah. Um, and well, it's because all of our leads weekly um, in my business, I have one meeting a week and it's the most important, one of the most important meetings, right? And it's, it's Monday mornings at nine. It's with my lead manager uh, and my lead prospector. And we, we look through two sides of it. We look at what are the leads we generated? Okay. And what are the leads that we're working on right now that are hot leads? And we look at the activity log and we go back through and we look at when did that data come into our company for the new leads? And then how long and what did we do until it converted to a lead? Right. And then from the lead manager perspective, once that lead hands off the lead manager, we look at it. When was the task created for the lead manager and how long did it take for that task to get called back? Was it done on time? And then how many callbacks did it take until we converted or got a hold of them a second time? Number one, because that's a big thing to trying to get them back on the phone. And then how long has it taken for that to actually convert into an offer being made from an acquisitions individual and revenue in our bank account? Right. So from from prospect to leads and from leads to revenue is how we break down my level 10 month, my Monday meetings. And we go back through and look. And and so two weeks ago, we had a lead come in. Um, This record was already in my account under high equity. In August, we uploaded it, uh, a code enforcement list and ended up stacking, which made it, it ended up coming into my my vision at that point. I ended up assigning it to my VA April. Um, to do what we call the sensei flow against basically sequential, you know, marketing. And um, five days later, it converted to a lead, but I didn't give it to April for a month and a half. So it took me a month and a half for me to assign it to her, but it only took five days for it to convert to a lead. Right. So right then and there, from a, from a, from a reverse engineering perspective, from, from the, the point of trying to refine and enhance a business, there's a business process that needs to be implemented. The data getting to the VA in the quick amount of time when it's when it's a high priority prospect is paramount because I could have got that you know three weeks or a month sooner as a lead I could have lost it entirely like I did actually I lost the deal um, Hayes Drive yesterday uh, I lost the deal it came in through my carrot website it stacked against um, tax delinquency um, my, we didn't get follow up with it fast enough um, uh, over the weekend and what ended up happening uh, my my good buddy Blake. Uh, of Gulf Coast Property Group locked up on a contract. And I seen one of my buyers, a uh, good buddy of mine, Aaron Fountain, uh, has it on a contract. Uh, he bought the he bought the wholesale deal, right? And now he's flipping it. I wanted to flip the property. I didn't even want to wholesale the damn thing, right? And I only know that, and I can only plug holes in my company if I have the tracking and the things that are, that are watching it happening. I mean, I literally, quite literally, I could have lost. It's a fourplex. Uh, 106 Star Drive is a fourplex. Um, I could have lost a fourplex in my portfolio, and I already 100% guaranteed lost uh, at least a $60,000 flip because I know what they locked it up on a contract for, and I know what I could have sold it for, and I know my rehab cost would have been on it. I lost 60 grand, right? And I only, it's because it's on my radar, and I have filter presets set up in our ISIF to say, okay, let's look and review these things. And so the most important thing in business is that ability to reverse engineer success and reverse engineer failures and have the, 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 the overlook because, you know, one little tweak can make you an extra six figures a year. And, and it's insane how that is a thing. Like it just blows my mind. And we just get so wrapped up in like getting the next deal and just sending out the marketing that we just don't think about these things when it can be so much simpler than that. Um, I mean, and it irks me, right? It, it irks me that it's not a thing that we think about in the real estate space. Um, and, um, but yet runners, athletes, and, uh, you know, real marketers, we all, you know, think about those things, right? Like runners know their heartbeat, no matter like 
like based if you're if they're going to run for 30 minutes they know what their heartbeat should be at from you know the start of walking to at the 30 minute mark and then how long it takes to get back down these different things are huge um when you think about like the life blood of our business and it's just uh, i'm really passionate about it because of the fact that i literally have saved and lost so much money if, if i would have just refined something so simple and that's what makes us be able to have a team of four and still do so much revenue We'll be back with the show in just a minute, but I wanted to take a brief second and say that, look, you are already obviously investing in yourself by listening to this podcast, but if you can't figure out how to get past all that daunting crap that you just don't know how to sort through and you're trying to get started in real estate investing and you're just stuck, I I mean, it happens to all of us. It's daunting. You don't know what you don't know. You don't know everything there is to know and you don't know really where to find all the information. So that is why I created the Real Estate Investing for Beginners Zero to One course, which is solely designed to get you from, I want to invest in real estate to, holy crap, I have a rental and it's cash flowing. And this course is not going to be anything super complicated that you won't be able to understand. It is just designed to teach you how to build a team, find investments, finance investments, conduct due diligence, close on the investment, and then operate it so that you can enter the real estate investing world smoothly. So if that sounds like something that interests you, definitely check out the link below. And it's cheap as hell right now. Well, and I admittedly do not use REI SIF to its potential, but I mean, it's already in the three months I've had it, it saved me the you know probably double cost of cost of utilizing it just because I am absolutely like the the like big vision no detail guy and so i would i would just be like oh it takes so long to do these rt these return to senders i'll get it next time or it takes so long to put someone in as not interested or you know i forgot who i mailed so i'll just mail more people and hope i get you know whatever um and i was i was spending i don't know you know i don't know three three thousand four thousand a month on mail um and I'm getting similar results right now on one or two, maybe three. Um, and and what it's allowed me to do is, hey, I landed some deals. Let me order a lot more mail and get a lot more leads in. And if it, you know, now I'm bringing in a cold caller and not have to worry about the the spread so much because it's it's there. Like I can track where I'm sending stuff, and I can have that system. And it's going to continue to improve as I put more time into it. But it's just. It's just a very useful platform for, especially for someone like me who just doesn't, is not that good at keeping tabs on all that stuff. So to just have it all in one spot and you don't have to do a million things. It just sits there. It does its thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, and, and when it comes to our marketing too, I think like we get so linear with it. Um, like marketing should be a dynamic. Um like for example, and, and as you get as you start doing it and you and you start adding in these different like um, like strategies into your marketing, um, definitely starting off with one is key and getting good baseline on it. But um, you know, like even when just starting off, like I, like there's some people out there like okay, well just do direct mail, just start off with direct mail and continue to do direct mail and 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 close deals. But it's like. Well, if I know that that direct mail, especially when you're managing the data, I know that that address is vacant and it's an out-of-state owner and um, it's probate. Like, why, if if I don't get a direct mail response the first or second time around, then there's a good chance I should probably like skip trace it and just try to reach them on the phone. Like, like we just lose so much opportunity just because of that alone. But 
Um, what I was going to mention is like for me and my company now, my metrics, just so everyone knows, um, you know, are, are much different when I used to. Like I used to want to like have a seven-figure real estate company and and be super, you know, efficient and make a, a bunch of money. I ch- it changed drastically after the first year or so, and and now I told myself, no, I want seven figures in uh, active pa- passive income, meaning m- like annually I'm making seven figures without having to do anything. Uh, and, and there's a KPI for that. Once you start making a good amount of active income, there's a KPI where you can legitimately break down how long it's going to take for that to happen. Um, hopefully that saw isn't in the background. Okay, good. I have crisp on. So if anyone, but small plug crisp, if you guys don't have crisp on your laptops, look at crisp.io, I think, or no crisp.ai that'll remove anything in the background, all of those stuff. It's fantastic. Um, uh, okay. So, so my my KPIs now my metrics for my business is eight hundred thousand in gross revenue, okay, minimum, three hundred thousand in distributions, okay, towards me, four rentals, and my salary for my real estate company is only three thousand a month, okay. So I need to so and that's just because I need to keep it low because I already pay myself like one hundred thirty five grand salary from REI SIF plus distribution. So like I I don't want to go any more on salary because of taxes, right? <laughs> yeah. So so three thousand a month. Um, uh, 800,000, 300,000 distributions, and that's it. And, and I don't, once you have that, cause that's like a sweet spot. When you get above seven figures in a real estate company, it's kind of a pain in the ass to operate, especially like one that's like wholesaling and doing all these different things. And the reason why I mention that, and the reason why I tell you guys my numbers is number one, because I think it's important for you guys to understand, uh, the mindset behind it. Um, but number two, I know 15,000 in carrot is going to produce at least 300,000. Okay, so if I'm if I'm spending if I'm spending fifteen hundred dollars a month in Facebook ads, which is uh, like seven or seven hundred or a thousand of that is management, and then the other uh, seven hundred or nine hundred or whatever is actual cost of ads. But I generate for the last th- three years, I've generated three hundred thousand or more from 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 just Facebook ads coming in and producing that. And I just know that. So I don't track like KPIs on that. I don't let my mental energy go towards that because I just know 15,000 equates to roughly 300,000 or more. Same thing with my direct mail. I spend roughly 24,000 a year in direct mail and I know it's going to convert over to roughly between 300 and 400,000. Those two marketing strategies are my core. Outbound direct mail, online. And then what I'm doing is I'm taking all those ads. It's really loud here for me. I don't know. Hopefully it's not coming through. Uh, no, it's good. Okay, fantastic. Yeah, Chris. Um, awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. Um, okay, so um, what I'm doing is I'm taking all that data and putting it into my REI SIFT account, and I'm using it to be able to create this ecosystem of marketing in my business. All the buckets stacked, vacant. All the high equity that isn't stacked or vacant. All of the primary vexations I focus on: probate, tax delinquency, um, and uh, code enforcement. Those get segmented in the audiences on Facebook and we just hit those audiences. Okay. So they're hitting, we're hitting them on Facebook. They're also sending direct mail. So when I see trustfseries.com on our postcard, but they also seen my face in one of my flips on Facebook, if they click and search, you know, trust FCRE and go to my website, now they're getting retargeting as well. Right. So that's an ecosystem that's happening. It's feeding off of each other. Meanwhile, what's happening is the same exact people, the same exact data, we're just working for the top 1% of those to get ahead of them to reach them on the phones because that's really cheap. Because if I can spend $3 an hour uh, and the cost of a you know $120 a month for air call to reach them via the phone, right? Then I can stop spending you know $20 a month on them on Facebook or whatever. 
And so I'm getting that, that, so there's synergy there. So if I know again, 15,000 here, 24,000 here, a VA for 15,000 a year here, I know that I can keep my operation for under a hundred thousand dollars a year. I can keep my operation under and I can realistically predictably make my 800,000 mark, still be able to maintain my distributions and still have enough money to pick up my four rentals. Um, so it's just, there's a system around it that through understanding your data, you get to create something that allows you to be super stress-free to not have to worry about, is it going to happen? Because I just know that it is. I know that I'm doing everything the right way, right? I know I'm calling. I know I'm, I'm hitting them online. I know that I'm hitting them uh, through direct mail. I know I'm doing all the right things. And I know that I'm doing all the right things compared to the person that's only doing one thing halfway, like bulk dialing and that's it and not tracking. I know that I can do way better than them and be super stress-free. And I just always have, in my real estate company, we always typically have about 150 grand in an account just to have like a year's worth of stuff there, which means once that stockpile of cash is in that account to where if, if we don't get a deal for a month, there's money there or whatever, every single flip I do, Every single wholesale I do, every every single deal, if I make 50 grand, all of it's getting distributed, right? So I don't have to worry about stockpiling anything because the money's already been stockpiled. It's already been there. I did that for a 90-day runway. It's it's there. So every single deal. So I know if I'm closing a 60000 actually, we have a $100,000 flip over in Niceville right now, um, 611 IV Lane or Street, one of those two, Okay. Uh, it's a hundred thousand dollar flip. So when we close on it, Tyler gets to distribute all that money because I already have the reserves and I already know all that. Right. So thinking about how real estate can super like be this catalyst for wealth. And now I can take the hundred grand and put it into a mobile home park, right. Where I'm storing that money because Tyler's life is in order. Tyler lives properly with his money. Tyler, you know, has passive income he's building and all that other stuff. So I think it's important. The reason why I wanted to really dig into that just in general, just because there's a lot of military people that listen to your shit. And like one of the most frustrating things that I've experienced is all my buddies who are still in right now, which I have nothing against being active duty. Don't get me wrong, but they're only staying in because of the bonus or because of this or because of that. And I know they can do so much more because they don't think they can. And I'm not fucking perfect. I'm not smart. I, I just do the right little tiny things. And, um, and I just wish that more, uh, military folks, um, you know, just thought about how possible that is why they're still in you know, um, to build that wealth, just like you've done. So it's funny you say that about like them, you know, just they, they're worried about, you know, doing the wrong thing or whatever. Like I did a bigger pockets money podcast a couple months ago where they literally titled the show, the guy who did everything wrong and figured it out. Cause I like, I mean, I've done, I've, I've had, I don't know. I don't even want to speculate. I've lost, let's say I lost 30 grand on my first flip. I'm in a quarter million dollar lawsuit on a property I bought three years ago, trying to get my money back out of a scam, like lease option deal. Uh, I mean, not to mention all the other things I've done wrong. And yet, you know, seven figure net worth by EAS, 102 doors, like it's doable right now. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, now what? No, now my problem is that I'm like, I can throw time and money at things. And I'm like, wait, that's, that's shh. It's the wrong way to do this. Like throw other yeah. people's time and 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 less money and and but so we're working through that. But uh, it's it's been a journey, and so yeah, it's absolutely doable. Um, you know, it, I have several friends who wholesale on the side, virtually or or not, and have been successful uh, to to an extent. 
but there's it's like taking taking the leap right that's the it's not a hard man yeah it's not a fun the security thing right especially because in the military like i realized as i was getting out like everybody's like oh oh." because what happens is like all the all the old heads right have seen people get out and fail and and they don't they don't hear about the people who get out and had success because they don't like they don't hit the blotter or whatever right and so all they think is like if you get out what are you gonna do it's like well figure it out (laughs) i'll be okay right because i i think service members and veterans make like the best real estate investors out there uh because they're disciplined they're cool with the grind like they they know they're okay with all of that and they can stick to systems um amongst other things but like the last two or three conferences i've been at have just reinforced that when i see the number of service members who are crushing it in the room compared to the number of people there and i think like one percent of people are service members and like 20% 20% of people here that are crushing it are service members. Like it's just kind of crazy. So, um, all right. Question for you. If you were yeah. active duty service member right now and you were like, okay, well, this all sounds great. Like, what do you think would, where, where would you say like you should go to figure out where to start if you wanted to get into wholesaling? Right. Cause I, I am, I would consider myself a pretty solid overall real estate, like buying old guy, but by no means like I'm, rookie guy when it comes to wholesaling this is i'm still building it it's still new for me um you know where, where would you point someone who's like man i just want some more information on how to get into wholesaling uh you know sorry i said thing just blew my mind i don't understand half of what we just talked about but but how do i yeah you know how do i how do i use it to you know where, where, where would you say they should go yeah so um quick tip with anything anytime anything sounds when you feel like you're getting overwhelmed in business or life, simplification is always the best thing. You're scared of not paying your bills. Get rid of shit that you're spending money on. It's that simple, right? You're afraid of, you know, not having enough money to go out to dinner. Okay. We'll stop buying bullshit things. Like if you're afraid of not knowing if you're going to generate leads or what your KPIs are in your business, then stop doing so many different things in your business and simplify, simplify, simplify. Um, so, I create um, these process maps for our users now because we realized that this was one of the big things is people didn't know how to like just take action right now. Um, and so there's a URL I'm going to, I'm going to say, and I'm going to put it in the chat so that you have it then uh, for the show notes and whatnot. Cool. Um, but it's ninja.reisift.io forward slash data flow. And if you guys go to that URL again, it's ninja.reisift.io forward slash data flow. If you go to that, you're going to see there's three steps at the bottom. One is find powerful data, which is literally where uh, Mason, who's my videographer, is behind the camera. And I say, I say, dude, throw me like a random county. And he freaking give me a county in um, uh, wherever Yellowstone is, uh, that <laughs> state, yeah. like some random county. And I'm like, dude, that's like supposed to help me set me up for success on this video, not like throw me under the bus. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I, I researched the county on the video and I, I found, you know, tax delinquent data, right? Just randomly. And it's like that quickly, it's that easy to find the information or find the person to call. Um, so I do that in that video. And then step number two uh, is to automate that process. And then the third step is to download the diagram that's inside of, on that page. And that diagram, when you download it, if for those that are aircraft folks, I was, you know, the maintenance for a while. So I, so if you've ever seen schematics, right. Um, on anything 
or like, you know, a light switch schematic, um, you know, you have like a breakdown of a diagram, right? I use lucid charts to build these and it's step-by-step. Step. Okay. Do this next step, do this. And every single step is a video, right? So you don't have to ask yourself, like anybody that's listening to this right now literally has zero excuses because this is a free resource of exactly what I do in my business to, to make money, like legit. I, I, one of the biggest things I love about being a software founder versus just being in real estate is the fact that I can literally give everything away in my business because I'm not selling a program or a course or anything. I just have to make sure users are successful. Right. And, and by doing that, they retain and they stay as a customer. And so this data flow is one of those like huge gives um, that uh, allows you to see that flow. It allows you also to learn how to do the marketing. It says what tools you need, what three tools you need. Uh, and outside of that, in David's community, you'll learn everything else that you need, right? Um, you know, like the the, the other big things. Um, but if you're looking to wholesale, you're looking to get started, focus first on understanding how do you bring data in that has time and money associated with a person, meaning that they can't afford something and they're going to lose it after a period of time. Um, tax delinquency, um, uh, probates, deceased stuff, things that are going to happen all the time that you know you can build a business off of a problem that's never going to go away. Um, once you understand how to get that data and then you understand a simple concept, I just got to skip trace it uh, and then call the people that I have that are the most, you know, um, valuable out of those, the, the ones that are my favorite zip code or my favorite neighborhood or whatever, call each phone number, do that three times um, and then track the results of that. When someone picks up and they want to sell their house, and you're like, I don't know what to do next. That's a good position to be in. Okay. Yeah. So don't think about how you talk to them yet. Don't think about what you're going to offer. If someone picks up and say, want to sell your house, just have a conversation with them. That's it. That's all you got to do. And then uh, say, okay, I'll get back with you in a minute after you've got all the details of the property and everything. Uh, let me go ahead and call David because he knows how to make an offer. Right. And then reach out to David say, Hey, I got a deal. They want to sell their house. I just don't know what to do next. And I'm sure David has something, you know, some resources and whatever that can make you successful at that point. But that's where the success happens. It's not the getting, it's the getting on the phone, actually talking with this, with the, with the homeowner that everybody fails at That's what they can't do consistently the right way. Um, so if you unlock that, uh, which that data flow will allow you to do in the best way possible, um, then you'll be fantastic. Uh, you'll, you'll have no excuses on why you can't, you know, ever know how to not make money again, which is a really freeing feeling by the way. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we just locked up. I don't want to. I, I always want to. I don't. I don't ever want to jinx anything until it's like under contract and closed. But yeah. fingers crossed. Assuming everything goes well, like I have a kind of an odd deal that I bought recently. That's like eighty five hundred piece of land. Seller financing it to somebody for three for thirty k, and it's like you know five years or whatever on a interest rate. But it's like essentially printing a third of what I was getting paid in the Marine Corps in like two days. It's, yeah, it's, it's it's yeah, it's it's mind blowing when it's like, I mean, I literally just right before we walked in here, my acquisitions guy was like, we're talking about building out my conference room a little bit. And I'm like, yeah, I kind of want a TV, but like, yeah, you know, it's it's not like as interactive with my computer, blah, blah, blah. And Ryan has this like $2,500 like whiteboard that you can like pull everything. Yeah, on, whatever. We, we have one of those two. They're badass. Yeah. And I loved it. And I was like, I just looked at him and I was like, all right, first $50,000 like gross month. We're buying one. And he's like, okay, yeah. keep like three months. And it's like, it, 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 it is, it, it's crazy once you realize like, yeah, I don't know. It's, I'm in a spot but money's right now a tool. Like, 
you know, and, and you just, that's the big problem is like, if, if, um, you know, like most everyone here probably knows what a Dremel is. Right. And, um, someone can give me a Dremel, right. And I'll know how to like, maybe like put the tips on it and everything, but it doesn't mean I'm really good at using it. Like what I could do with a Dremel is nothing near what someone who's literally practices and, you know, makes, you know, knickknacks with wood with it and everything else like that. Like, um, so, uh, a tool being money, uh, which is in reference to the Dremel, right? Um, somebody who understands how to use it efficiently because they're using it often um, is always going to be able to outplay anybody who, it, you know, thinks like, oh, well, it's that easy, right? It, I, I just, the Dremel, I, you know, like it's almost like, you know, when our eyes are bigger than our stomachs, the same concept, right? Um, you know, like we can think that you can handle it. Right. But in all reality, do you have the knowledge and the experience to truly be able to handle? And a lot of times we don't like that's why I spent like nearly all that 250K in my first quarter on just random BS because I didn't know how to properly handle the tool, which was the money to, ca- to put a catalyst into my business. And even now I struggle with that. Right. I mean, we kick out REISF as a platform is um, is close to 80 percent, 60, 60 percent or so. Um, it cost me like. <sighs> I think it's about, I think we're right around 65 or 70% net profit. Like we're really for a software company to even kick out profits is insane. So we kick out a lot of cash. And and when you, when that happens from a product's perspective, it's like understanding how to use the money as a tool. I'm stuck there. I was stuck there before and I'm stuck there now again, because, and you'll continue to be stuck there. It's just a matter of making sure that you have the problem to where you're stuck to begin with. Um, and you're continuing to be stuck at a higher position you were, you know, now than a year ago is is the key. So, um, you know, service members, you know, tend to look at money as what their what their BAH is and how they can get married to increase their BAH or you know <laughs> things like that. Like the the value and ideals of money is broken, and and that's the big thing. It's it's how long do I have to stay in to collect my retirement so that I can just work at Home Depot as a manager for the rest of you know, my life. And I don't have to worry about working as hard as I used to. And that's okay. If that's who you are. And I'm not making fun of you are, I have a lot of, you know, master arms that currently do that, that I knew when I was in that are retired and are working at, you know, Home Depot or Lowe's as a, as a manager. And that's cool. If you're cool with that. Right. But I just wasn't, you know, and so you just got to make a decision. Like, which one are you? It's that simple. Yeah. And learning, learning how to market, learning how to sell, you know, and then, and then thinking creatively, through, through processes and, or how to make money out of things that other people can't figure out how to make money out of. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. What, what opens up? It's crazy. I love it, dude. Fantastic. All right. One last question for you. Yep. Where can people get a hold of you? Tyler Austin original on IG pretty much anywhere. I think is Tyler Austin original. Other than that, um, REI SIF mastermind community on Facebook. I'm typically in there answering questions and stuff like that. I've tried to step away a little bit from in there and let my team take care of things, but I just have fun having conversations and um, causing a bunch of ruckus. So um, Tyler Austin original hit me up on IG. I prefer voice messages. I don't really like typing very very much. I like the more personal feel of voice messages. So send me a voice message. Let me uh, have a conversation with you. I do the same. Actually, it's much faster too. Yeah. Easier. Yeah. Cool. Hey brother. I appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. It was good meeting you last week in person. Uh, you know, look forward to maybe next time we have a little bit more time. We actually get to hang out, hang out, but, uh, 
Dude, this has been uh, it's been good. I love your platform, and I'm going to keep talking about it. So, for those of you listening, obviously, all the uh, the <clears throat> reisift.io slash dataflow will be uh, in the show notes, as well as links to reisift itself, as well as uh, all of Tyler's uh, social media handles. So, definitely check that out and give him a give him a follow and check out the platform if you're wanting to save money on marketing, which you should if you have any intention of ever doing marketing. Um, absolutely check out REISift from the get-go. Just learn how to use it. It's it's awesome. Love it. Thanks for putting me on, man. Thanks for a platform to be able to rant. Thank you for listening to another episode about my journey from military to millionaire. If you liked it, be sure to visit from militarytomillionaire.com slash podcast to subscribe to future podcasts. While you're there, we'd love for you to rate the show. Give us a review on iTunes. Now get out there and take action.